Hello, and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, John. And this week is the first week of Spooktober, mm-hmm. our spooky-themed month. I was going to say horror, but that probably won't be true with your picks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my pick for the week is Penny Dreadful which is a show that aired on Showtime. Um, it had three seasons from 2014 to 2016. And I watched it as it was coming out. I watched it with my dad. I'd say, oh, wow, that's recent. But I literally know nothing about this show, so... Yeah, um, for some reason, I thought it was had aired on HBO, but I guess Showtime is close enough that it's it's an okay mistake. Fair enough. But Penny Dreadful, so my dad was like, hey, I found this new show we can watch together. And I was like, all right, what's it about? And he he explained it like this. Um, it's like all of the classic um, all of the classic horror novels, but a TV show about them. Which is way different than I think it ended up being. Okay. So can you name any classic horror novels? Horror novels. Does Frankenstein or monster count? novels, if that helps. Does Frankenstein count? Frankenstein counts. Frankenstein exists in this show. The Doctor and the monster. Okay, I'm guessing... Uh, can I just guess Universal Monsters? Yes. So, like, Swamp Thing and Dracula? Oh, uh, well... I wouldn't say, like, no, but I would say there is a version of Dracula. So there's, like, vampires in this. There always is. Um, And I I don't, I'm pretty sure Dracula is called Dracula, but he might be called something else. Um, okay. And I, th- I think that's what sets up to be the first season kind of big bad. Vampires? Yeah. Are there werewolves? There, yes. Because I can't think of any literary werewolves right now, but whenever there are vampires, werewolves are quick to follow. There are werewolf stories. Dracula is actually kind of a werewolf story, but anyway. That's weird. Uh, So the show takes place in London, um, although some of the filming locations are other places around the UK. I did have one more guess, though. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, man. I wish, honestly, uh, yeah, but he doesn't show up until season three. Do you like him? I like him. Um, He's one of the few POC characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll get more. We'll get more into that later. All right. Um, And then there is a last one, and that's Dorian Gray. What? (laughs) <laughs> which I I guess kind of counts as a spooky story, although it's not quite in the same vein as these traditional monster horrors. Let me do that again without yawning. What? <laughs> um, and then there are some you. there are some characters that are uh, created for the show. So. The main character, I would say, is Vanessa Ives, and she was made for the show. And she's played by Ava Green, and Ava Green is amazing. 
Who's um, she? I, she was, um, in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children or whatever that one was called. I remember um, the ads, but I know nothing about it. Yeah, I never saw it or read it, so I don't know much about that, but she was, I guess, Miss Peregrine in that. She was the adult woman, <laughs> not a child. Um, I I mean, I found out about her through Penny Dreadful, but she's been in other stuff and she's a good actor. Um, there's also Billy Piper, which you might recognize if you've ever watched Doctor Who. Of course. I'm pretty sure she shows up in the first three episodes. Um, so you'll get to see her, and I don't think you'll recognize anybody else. All right, then. Jeez, Dorian Gray. Yeah, I know. Dorian Gray was a weird pick, but he he ends up being a weird character. Bit of a um, reach. Bit of a reach. I mean... I you'll see how his personality kind of slots in, mm-hmm. um, but he's definitely like kind of doing his own thing most of the time, which it kind of makes it weird. Yeah, but he doesn't really seasons... fit in. I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't seem to fit in to me. Yeah, as the seasons go on, they introduce other characters and other literary characters. Mm-hmm. I guess I won't get into that just in case. Mm-hmm. Also, I am actually looking through it, and while there are vampires in season one, Dracula doesn't get introduced until season three. So. Wow. Yeah, I know. Weird. Huh. But the the three seasons are one full story arc. Okay, and it's good. Which is. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a good whole thing. Yeah. Um, like I with Almost Human, it kind of sucked that it kind of got cut short by being one season. But this one, they, I guess when they heard that season three was going to be their last season, they planned for it to end. Which is always um, a nice thing to have happen. It is being continued in comic book form now. Interesting. For people who are so inclined. I haven't... I've seen them, but I haven't picked any of them up. Because, uh... Well, you'll see. I enjoyed Penny Dreadful, but there are also things I didn't enjoy about it. Alright. Fair enough. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um... Just to prep me before we watch, where is it on the Spookatron rating? So, it's definitely... The tone they're trying to set is very dark very spooky with some of the special effects i don't know how much we will we will get into it in the first three episodes but they definitely go really hard on special effects and uh gore and stuff like that not like super hard on gore like a you know a b-rated movie where someone gets their guts ripped out but they they don't back away from it either Hmm. i think it's a for a horror fan I think it's a a nice balance between having gore and not going too far with it. But you might not feel that way. So for me, a lightweight, it'll be decently spooky. Okay, fair enough. I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, it ends... I keep wanting to talk about, like, season three. <laughs> I mean, it, it ended quite a while ago. You can um, talk about that in the second half. I really shouldn't. Just because, you know, we're rating it on the first three episodes of season one. I mean, it only ended a year ago. 
Yeah, I know. Not exactly statute of limitations. I know, but I don't want to like mess with the conceit of our show. Fair enough. But I I did enjoy this while I was watching it, and you might enjoy some of the characters, you might not. Again, this isn't a genre you're super into. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see. You mean Victorian England? I mean spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, uh, we're going to go watch three episodes of Penny Dreadful, which, by the way, even though it ended so recently, like right after it ended, they put all of the episodes and all of the seasons on Netflix. So, if you think it's cool, go watch it. Like, it's recent. It's, if you still like it, you can go read the comic books. It's definitely out there. So, just because it's over doesn't mean it's unwatchable. Yeah. And hopefully, it doesn't taste dreadful either. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you later. Bon appetit! And we're back. So that was something. Yeah, so right off the bat, how did you feel about it? Did it hook you? I don't know, to be honest. Honestly, instead of thinking about being hooked, I was mostly thinking about being scared, and I wasn't that scared by this show. Yeah, it's more dramatic than spooky, although it does have a lot of, like, blood. It's not totally without spoops. If I wanted to watch more with you, would you watch it? Uh, there's like a good chance of it, yeah. If I wanted you to watch it, but I didn't watch it with you, would you watch it? I don't think so. <laughs> well, there's the distinction. Because <laughs> It's an important distinction. To be fair, I watched this with my dad. I didn't watch it on my own. It's more fun to commentate on it. Yeah. One thing that this show doesn't really have that most shows that I watch have is comic relief. Mm -hmm. There is none of that. I mean, I guess Lyle a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about Lyle? Do you have any opinions on him? Do you mean Mr. Double Mustache? Did he have a... No, no, no. Double Mustache is Ethan. I guess he's a little Ethan. bit of comic relief, too. Lyle is the Egyptologist that had the ah. fancy party with the very rich wife. Yeah, he was the only one who made jokes. That's just because he's living his truth, and his truth doesn't involve vampires and being serious all the time. Yeah, Lyle is a very, like, giggly man. He likes to make jokes. He likes to be sociable. Even when, like, spooky things happens happen, he's like, oh, I guess I can't invite you to my party again. So is he a long-standing fixture in the show? Yeah, he, um... Because they need him to translate the Egyptian vampires. <laughs> yeah, he's not, like, super present, but he does last. He's mm. recurring. They said his name maybe once. What was it? Sa... It's Lyle. Sa Saba? The other guy. The other guy? Oh, um, Sembene? Sembene. 
Yeah, they said Sembene's name once or twice, and Sembene barely talks. Yeah, and Sembene had lines maybe once or twice. Yeah, um, so Sembene is... So, I'm going to say the main characters, quote, quote, are Vanessa Ives, who lives in the Mm -hmm. house of Sir Malcolm. I don't remember Malcolm's last name. She's some kind of Victorian medium slash psychic. Yeah, she's she's some sort of clairvoyant. Um, and she lives in Sir Malcolm's house, and they have a servant, which is the only black character. His name is Sembene, and he's got tribal scarring on his face, indicating that he's from the continent of Africa. In addition to his accent, which you can barely hear because he also barely talks. Mm-hmm. And this is 1891. Yeah, it's in 1891. So it's it's at the at the height of the Industrial Revolution. Very smoggy London. Very spoopy. All of that. Um, the smog blocks out the sun. Perfect for vampires. But yeah, Semene doesn't really get justice. Mm, no, he does not. And um. As far as other POC characters go, they do show up, but I'm not sure there are any other black characters. Not that I can remember, anyway. Why must this remain a problem with every show? (laughs) It's not until we started this podcast that I started to notice it and get real tired of it. Yeah. It's weird because, like, oh, we can have a show where there are vampires and clairvoyants and demons and seances, but we can't have more than one black person. Ay ay ay. Anyway, um, there. So let's go to the main characters that I mentioned. Um, Vanessa mm-hmm. Ives is who I would consider the main character. Right, and she works pretty closely with uh, Sir Malcolm. Yeah, she lives in Sir Malcolm's house, and they work really closely together. And mm-hmm. and she's got something going on that's not explained in the first three episodes. She is very mysterious. Uh, I presume it's just the whole, like, Hey, Malcolm, you fucked up with your kids. Now I'm going to psychically help you find your kids. Yeah. It's very similar, but kind of different to that. Uh, but I don't want to like get into it because it's not in the first three episodes. But she's mm-hmm, like, she channels like a literal demon in the second episode mm-hmm. because they're having like a seance for fun, and she does it not for fun. She does it for realsies. I just realized there was a fight scene in the first episode, but not in the second or third. Yeah, you know they got to get that action in, so you keep watching. <laughs> yeah, in the first episode, so the American character, Ethan Chandler. Um, Double stash. Yeah, he he has this on, on this weird costume and he has like a longer mustache on top of his mustache. Um, but he is shown to be a really good uh, marksman and like <laughs> quick shooter. So they invite him out on this like zombie killing spree. Uh, and... <laughs> Vanessa's like, oh, a wise man would walk away from here forever and never come back. And me and you joked, good thing he's fucking stupid. (laughs) He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah. So. So how do you feel about Cowboy? So he's the only American in the show. 
and uh he's like very very cowboy he's got a southern accent all that he's the only really likable main cast member which is a shame considering he fought in the indian wars yeah they mentioned that briefly in the third episode um he also has a little bit of comic relief he's not like so dramatic like every single other character he has reasonable motivations and is surprised by vampires which now that i think about it what is up with that dude (laughs) he's Um, mysterious so what about sir malcolm does he did he leave any impression on you he seems like he's a bit of a dick you honestly yeah (laughs) i i don't think that goes away I think that gets worse, honestly. Besides that, I can't get much of a read on him. He seems like the kind of authoritative, older dude main character who is just like always telling people what to do and always getting away with his bullshit. He's very, he's very, um, I'm a rich man and you should do as I say because I'm used to being like the father, the patriarch, whatever. God, I get enough of this from Professor X. Um, so now that we've done a quick run through of the characters that, as far as I know, aren't from, uh, literature, we're going to go to the characters that are from literature. But first off, I just wanted to quickly say why the show is called Penny Dreadful. It's probably pretty easy to figure out, but I just wanted to mention it. Um, I actually wikipedia it because I knew a Penny Dreadful was just a term for, like, a cheap, like, scary mo- book mm-hmm. that like in the term the term was in use when this show is taking place so like the late 19th century mid mid to late 19th century right a character in episode three uses the words penny dreadful in an offhanded yeah. way one thing i didn't expect is on wikipedia it says it's a pejorative a pejorative so it's a rude word Interesting. So you would only call um, something a penny dreadful if it was like, oh, you're reading that cheap trash? Well, I mean, it does literally translate to cheap horror. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting because now it's not used really in that sense. This show knows its audience. Come here for your your, your cheap sex and horror. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting that they decided to use the... Um, the basically the the cheap trash horror version of of this for their name it is on showtime <laughs> yeah there are uh a few extended sex scenes even in the first 3 episodes they got to get that money a bit attention gosh that was weird i'm going to do we're going to talk about dorian gray first because he doesn't show up too much in the first few episodes Except for that one really weird photographer scene. You want to talk about that? He just... He's there to be a fuckboy. A magical fuckboy. Who doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of the caster plot. And he gets turned on by girls having consumption. And gets photographed having sex. Yeah, so... Um, another character, Brona, comes in to do, like, pinup shots. 
And then she like coughs up blood because she has consumption and he's like, oh, that turns me on. And so he has the photographer take pictures of them fucking while she coughs blood on him. Yeah. Which is very like... It seems like that scene is in there for the shock value more than, like, anything else. More than, like, character development or story development. Which is... Mm. I feel like if a scene doesn't have a purpose other than, wow, isn't this shocking, then it shouldn't be there. I understand. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, but other than that, he doesn't really get much characterization in this first few th- few episodes. You were saying that you think his um his charm, especially when he was talking to Vanessa, is um probably magical in some way. I can't tell from the show, but I feel like he has like I don't know, it's part of his like charmed life. He's automatically seductive or something. Yeah, cuz he was um talking to Vanessa and leaning in and she was like super taken with it. And it seems kind of out of character for her to be like really taken up with somebody but it might just be bad writing it could also be bad writing fair um Um, but that's not something i'm aware of so billy piper played um brona brona yeah um that's who billy piper plays she plays brona who is she's a woman who's unemployed but she used to work in the factories but she got consumption so she couldn't do that anymore and she's Mm -hmm. dying currently and she's played by Billy Piper, so she's beautiful. And funny. I mean, Bruno's also kind of a... That's true. Kind of a funny character. With the hair and the accent and everything, I didn't recognize her until the end of her first scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were like, oh. <laughs> she's very cute. Yeah, like I said, she's she's fun. I, I like her. Um, mm-hmm. But... As Vanessa says in the third episode, so the name Brona means sadness, Mm -hmm. and Brona starts kind of dating Ethan. Yeah. And Ethan is talking about Brona to Vanessa, and he said, oh, Brona, it means sadness. And then he's like, she has consumption. And Vanessa's like, yeah, that's sad, because, yep. Yep, living up to her name. Oh, boy. So... Uh... I'm pretty sure that might be an indication of what's to come for her. Well, you already know everything, so don't tease so heavily. But I mean, the show is basically like, hey, Ethan, you're gonna be sad because she has an incurable disease. But I like Billy Piper. Why does the show have to kill off all of the best characters? (laughs) So um, now we're going to move to the character who probably... This is actually surprising to me, considering how much um, he he is in, like, the later seasons. Um, but Frankenstein gets a whole lot of development uh, in these first few episodes. Like, the most out of everyone, I think. Out of everyone? I guess maybe Vanessa's got a... Well, she doesn't have much development as much as just, like, she is a mysterious character. Hmm... Hmm. Does retreading the plot of the books count as development? Yeah. Well, if you hadn't read the books, then it would be a development to you. That's true. In that case, they're going very heavy on Frankenstein. Yeah. Um. It's interesting that they actually stick relatively close to the books for his backstory. 
and for um, the monster's reason for showing back up in his life. Uh-huh. Um, but what they do differently is they have um, a fake out. I... So in the first two episodes, Frankenstein raises his creature from the dead. He names him Proteus. He starts teaching him like words and takes him outside and shows him the world and he makes friends. And then he gets fucking murdered by the real Frankenstein monster. There's a total fake yeah. out. It's like, whoops, Frankenstein's done this before. So so the whole time you're watching the first two episodes, you're like, when is this going to go bad, basically? I was. we know it goes bad. I'm an uh, idiot, but I was. Well, and then it did go bad by the... The monster calls himself the firstborn. The prodigal, but the prodigal son returns. Pr- prodigal. The prodigal, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. So he he kills uh, Proteus and goes after Frankenstein for what he wants, which is the same as in the books. He wants a bride or whatever. Yeah. A companion, a mate, a friend. <sighs> I'd be much more interested in the adventures of Proteus. Yeah, Proteus was shaping up to be very interesting, especially since um, he was remembering his past life, which isn't really... um, Which So Frankenstein's monster gets the name Caliban. Mm. Um, We don't really get much of that with Caliban. Explains how the hell they got smart so fast, though. Yeah. Um, and just FYI, this is an opinion I have that not a lot of people share. I think it's totally okay to call Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein. I mean, is it really that big a deal? It's not that big a deal, but also, like, so this show, like, kind of helps illuminate my opinion in that Frankenstein's monster, in a way, is Frankenstein's child. Mm -hmm. And all children take their parents' last name. So he's Frankenstein. Frankenstein is a last name. Frankenstein's first name is Victor. Uh huh. So it's okay to call them both Frankenstein because they are both Frankenstein. Because Frankenstein's a last name. It's a family name. I was gonna call him Doctor, but I remember that Victor doesn't have a doctorate. No, he's a student. I think. Yeah, he was a student in the book too. Mm. He wasn't even like a full. He wasn't even like fully learned yet. I thought people called Frankenstein Jr. Frankie. In the book, he didn't have a name at all. They just called him the monster. Yeah, but I thought that... I thought that nowadays we called Frankenstein's monster Frankie. I... If we do, I I don't know that much about it. Man. Why has Frankie fallen out of use? What is wrong with people (laughs) being so specific? Frankenstein's monster doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, well, from here on out, I'm going to call them Victor and Caliban. Because mm-hmm. it's very, sh- it's much shorter than Frankenstein. It's very operatic. So you didn't like the fake out. You thought Proteus had more potential than Caliban does. Proteus was a very nice boy. And you're just upset at losing a nice boy? Or do you think that that would have been a more interesting plot than the same plot as the book? I was very attached to him and learning more about him. And I guess it's the eternal optimist in me, but I, I would like it if, you know, 
Victor Frankenstein can play God and bring something to life without it all going to shit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the point of the book, too, right? What do you mean? The book Frankenstein, it's all about, like, you know, no matter how far technology gets, you can't play God because you're not and it's not going to work out. Yeah, but, like, just this once. (laughs) Just this once, it's okay. Please, let me play God. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Um... The only other literary reference that I, like, that I got because I read it was um, what little reference they have to the book Dracula. Right. So they're after vampires. And um, so Sir Malcolm's daughter that he's looking for, her name is Mina, Mm -hmm. which is the main character in Dracula. And... um, Mina, they they do like a really quick exposition in episode three about Mina. She says, oh, Mina married a gentleman named John Jonathan Harker, which she did in the book. Mm-hmm. And she became embroiled with a mysterious man that's probably not even human. Mm-hmm. And in the book Dracula, from what I remember, Jonathan Harker became Dracula's like lawyer and went to like help him out with stuff. And then Dracula started stalking his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different, but it's interesting to see what bits of the book they decided to pick out. And funnily enough, I've they... never properly read Dracula, but I've watched Nosferatu all the way through. Dracula, to be fair, isn't like super um, interesting, <laughs> at least in the beginning. I will say, like, if you want to read Dracula, it is like. I like reading classic literature. It's fun, but I would skip the first few chapters, to be honest. Really? It's it's like Mina and her friend sending letters back and forth, and Mina basically the whole time is like, oh, three different guys have proposed to me. I don't, I don't know which one I want to say yes <laughs> to. And yeah, yeah. Boring. <laughs> Those are good problems. <laughs> The interesting thing is, I know that Mina is a character from Dracula, and that they are fighting vampires in this season, Mm -hmm. but they have yet to actually name Dracula. (laughs) So I don't even remember if he appears in this season, or if it's just like... I don't see who else the master could be besides Vlad Tepes. I know, but like... I don't know. I just, like, I don't remember if he showed up or not, so... Maybe it's time for a rewatch. Eh. Oh, no! (laughs) That does not bode well. But, uh... Yeah, it, um... It's just interesting, like, knowing this from my experience of reading the book, but... Also knowing that in the show they don't they're not like naming him, so it might not even be him. They might do like a switcheroo like they did with Frankenstein. Oh, I think it's inevitable and he'll have a big reveal when they actually use his name and that they're saving it for then. <laughs> Words have power sometimes. You've gotta show restraint. Yeah. So, um in an early scene when Ethan was deciding whether or not to stay and fight the vampires or just like leave and continue acting, um, <laughs> Vanessa gives him a tarot reading and you were very surprised at the outcome. 
Oh, yeah. Because as far as you're concerned, all tarot readings on TV are bullshit. Honestly. Well, they almost I didn't... never do the research and it's almost always death. No, I was going to say, like, I didn't remember this scene. I could have sworn he was going to pick death. Because I know death is, like, ooh, spoopy. Because, like, if you don't know what it means, it's like, oh, God, death is coming. But if you do know what it means, it's like, oh, it means change, which could be literally anything. Right. Uh, And he picked the lovers, which I think could just as easily mean in that scene how him and um, Vanessa... I mean, they did, like, give each other a side eye, but at least in the first three episodes, there's not really any romantic tension there. Uh, I suppose so. Um, but what does the lovers mean again? Choice. I I think it almost always means uh, an important choice between two options. Yeah, so it's, it's nice that they got something right. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm surprised you even brought that up. I just had it written down. Um, another thing I uh, wanted to mention was that you said the one thing about the call to adventure. Uh-huh. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, I said the call to adventure is either you must do this or you must not do this. <laughs> and in this show, the call to adventure is you must not do this and everyone does it anyway. Yeah, that's how it always goes with the gothic and stuff, and the horror stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's a spooky uh, adventure, not a fun adventure. <laughs> like, jeez, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. So, I want to go into a quick spoiler zone. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, I can't, like really get through a show um unless it's like i I just have to say it basically the spoiler zone is about the representation of queer characters in this show Uh which admittedly is a lot more than most shows Mm -hmm. um so dorian gray you find out is pansexual he doesn't give a fuck basically i see um I don't think he's a character who's taken very seriously, though. Yeah. um, In a later season, there's a trans woman. um, Lyle, the character that we were like, oh, he's funny and cool or whatever. Um, He's revealed to be gay. Uh, There is, I think, a lesbian character in season three. Mm -hmm. Um, Ethan fucks a dude once. But like only once. Interesting. Um, and in my personal like head canon, um, Victor is demisexual because <laughs> he only really seems to like feel anything for his creations, which is kind of weird. Because it's also like that's kind of your child. Like with Proteus, it's very like gay. Well, he was pseudo incestuous in the novels, anyways. Yeah, I love my dead gay son. <laughs> Um, but like, so there's a lot more representation than most shows, most popular shows, but the way they treat it is very like shock value. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, Ethan having sex with a dude once, it's like, oh no, I thought Ethan was the, you know, stereotypical manly American man who's good at guns. Um, 
And it never happens again. So it's like, what was that scene even trying to do? Mm-hmm. And for Dorian, it's supposed to further like show his, um, what is the word for? Is is very like Dionysian, what like lifestyle? His like, you know, you know the word I'm looking for. Slutty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that'll suffice. I can't think of a more elegant word. But uh, the word that means, like, overly decadent. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's just supposed to, like, further show, like, that sort of lifestyle that he has, rather than be, like, an actual character trait. What, like, lustful? Yeah. So, it's just weird, I think. And then, um, many of the characters who are, again, if... If you skip to this part, spoiler zone still, I will let you know when we're done. Um, Many of the queer characters and female characters and non-white characters die. I see. Which is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your tone of voice for when you mean the opposite? Like, honestly, the only characters that really stay alive are the straight white dudes. Mm-hmm. and it's like same as it ever I, was yeah and it's like why even have all this representation if you're going to dunk on it do by you, killing them all do you get the feeling that the representation in this show is not well thought out I just think it's not genuine I think it's there like I said for shock value I think it's there to be like, yo, we have representation, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to make them real characters. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, that's probably the main reason I won't watch this show again. Mm-hmm. It's for my dad, for example, he, he doesn't think about stuff like that. So he doesn't really give a shit. But for me, it's, it's very grating. <sighs> It's just tiring. It's just to have to notice it all the time. It's like, I just, why even watch TV? <laughs> okay, okay, uh, okay. We're picking through all this garbage for the diamonds, anyways, so. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I guess even though we're making the rating now, and I probably should have gone on my rant after we're making the rating since. Really, none of what I said shows up in the first... Oh, we're out of the spoiler zone. Um, <laughs> um, really, none of what I just said has to do with the first three episodes. Uh-huh. Um, Which but for is... me, it's going to taint my rating. But for you, I want you to try to put it out of your mind. Okay, I'll do my best. So do you have a rating in mind? For just the first three episodes. For the first three episodes. Just for how this show does the first three episodes. You know, you said you would you would watch it more of it if I watched it with you. So you've got to at least tolerate it. I do, but I'm not sure how much I can take if they keep killing off the characters I like, you know what I mean? Like, I quit the 100 yeah. pretty fast because of that. We watched the first, I think it was four episodes of the 100. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, Sean's favorite character got killed and he just immediately stopped watching. He was like, nope. <laughs> I didn't like any of the other characters, like, enough at all to, like, even consider it. That's what just happened with Proteus. You were like, oh, I love Proteus. He's so cool. I'm, I'm excited to see, like, how this goes wrong. And then he died. And you're like, well. Yeah. Do you think this show has merits? Is the question now. Mm. We we talked about um, a few things that were bad, but do you think the show has merits? Does this show have merits? I'm asking you. Hmm. I mean, if you're asking, like, literally, like, it's been nominated for a whole bunch of stuff, but that doesn't really mean anything. It's got the good spooky makeup. It has... Yeah. Most of the time it has decent cinematography, but sometimes it just does the real extreme close-ups way too much. Yeah. Some of the cinematography is is really interesting and really cool. The um, pacing, definitely the makeup is, is cool. The pacing, especially when you think about the balance of the, the, the party members, um, uh, is extremely lopsided and oddly paced. And so there are several scenes throughout these first three episodes that go on for way longer than they need to. Yeah, particularly the sex scenes. Oh, yeah. But uh, I I will agree that, like, um, I actually thought the pacing was a little bit faster than I expected. Mm-hmm. Because a lot happens in these first three episodes. We meet a whole lot of characters, and a character dies, and we're introduced to this whole storyline, and we're also introduced to Frankenstein's storyline, and we're also, you know, everything else. Yeah, but I feel like it procrastinates on a lot of the really important stuff we need to know. Like, I mm-hmm. don't really understand. I still don't really understand what Malcolm and Vanessa's deal is. And that was, like, the most important hook in the first episode. Yeah, so the the interesting thing is, like, you don't know what their relationship is. Like, what they are to each other, other than we live in the same house and we're both looking for Mina. They're just spooky vampire hunters. Honestly, I thought they weren't any more complicated than that at first. Yeah, no. They're more complicated than that, but it's it's just like, it's very... The show trying to be mysterious is very vague in a weird way. Hmm. Uh, so, me asking you if it has merits is basically do you think it's sour or do you think it's bitter? Or do you think it's better than that? I don't think it's better at all. Okay. But I don't think it's very good. I mean, it could be spicy if you thought it was better. It could be like, oh, I didn't like this, but I could see how someone else might. Mm-hmm. No, this one is difficult to justify as being spicy. No, I don't think it's yeah. quite that good, unfortunately. I I think for the first three episodes, I would rate it as sour, mm-hmm. but for everything else I talked about, I would rate it as bitter. This show feels like popcorn. Yeah? Yeah, like, I'll eat it, but, like, when I actually think about it, I don't really want to. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's, like, harsh. You mean, like, unbuttered popcorn? Because I will fucking eat a whole bag of buttered and salted popcorn. Uh, Even when it's buttered and salted, I still feel kind of guilty. So, like, I think it's still... I think 
my opinion of popcorn still stands in general, but I know there's like artisanal <laughs> popcorn and stuff, but you understood what I was yeah, trying I to get across you originally. You think it so. doesn't have much substance? Yeah, let's not get lost in the metaphor here. <laughs> as much as I'd love to. So, we... I guess I'm I'm hoping that we were like coherent because I just kind of tried to jump from character to character because there are quite a few characters to keep track of. I think we did a decent job, honestly, in s- explaining what the fuck was going on and why. Yeah. Um. So what are we watching next week? Oh boy. Um. In, yeah, next week we're going for something lighter. We're going to something anime since it's been a while too, and we're watching new. Natsume Yujincho. Natsume's Book uh, of Friends. Okay. I've heard of it, but I know literally nothing about it, so it'll be fun, I think. Yay! It's not quite as cheerful as Book of Friends might lead you to believe, but it's not, like, super creepy and depressing. <laughs> Alright, and this show, I think after this show, we need a little bit of something lighter, because this show is, like, way overly dramatic. Yeah. I need something lighter in general. <laughs> Especially for this boopy month. Yeah. And we need to watch shows that are good. See, I liked Penny Dreadful it was, as it was coming out. It's just that, like I said, one thing after the other grated on me. So in the beginning, it's like, oh, this is nice. And by the end, it's like, cool, you had to kill my other favorite character. That's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's very unfortunate in retrospect. Um, so this was TV Dinner. You can suggest shows to us on Tumblr at tvdpodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Twitter at tvdpod. You can even find us on YouTube if you just look up TV Dinner, although there aren't that many episodes up there. Uh, I'm working Um, on that. Yeah, that's your job. (laughs) I'm just bad. Hey. You can also catch us on Facebook if you like. Support us. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Yeah, and we will see you next Tuesday for Natsume's Book of Friends. What is the Japanese version? Natsume Yujincho. See you then. Bye. Bye. I don't have a sassy comment this week, if that's what you're waiting for.